should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book. You can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. My name is Kevin Lime, joined as always by my co-host Benedict, the reason they invented Last Call. <laughs> Benedict, what's a skill you just do not have? Oh, anything to do with cars. Okay, well. Yeah, that that should have been obvious. Yeah. Don't, wait, did you get a license when you lived in the UK, or did you not do that till you got here? No, I I can't drive now. I could drive in the UK. Um, oh, I, so I, wait, I, you still haven't you still no, haven't gotten a license since you moved a, here? I don't have a US license. I know no. for a fact that you have driven I your in-laws I've automobile. Never, I, I have never driven. Uh, <laughs> I have never driven. My wife. I'm tattling drives. on you on the yeah. air. <laughs> I no, genuinely, I I like I because you can when you move here as an as an immigrant, you, well, your your license works for the first three months because mm-hmm. like there's a 90 day grace period, and then you're supposed to get a US license. I just haven't done that yet. And then the problem is my UK license expired, and then you can't just transfer it. You then have to get a whole new license. Yeah, obviously, yeah, I you live, take the test. I live in New York, so there's not really any need for me to. And have you don't a have a car; you only yeah. use it when you get exactly. out of state. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I don't really need a license. So I just haven't done it yet. But when okay, I but my assumption, really... and this is probably just based on internet shit posts and mm. people who post stupid, didn't you know this was cool stuff on the internet that isn't actually true, is that in Europe, where you were from, not anymore Europe, uh, but once Europe. Uh, they make you like learn how to change the oil when you get a license and shit. No, I can drive stick. I like that. Oh, okay, the, so yeah. they make you learn how to drive stick. They don't make you, but most people do. Like you can. Yeah, that's it. You can learn automatic, but then you're only allowed to drive an automatic. So yeah, they have I never automatic understood licenses and manual licenses. I never understood why manuals stayed so popular over there for so long. I don't know. I, I like. I quite like driving manual. Honestly, it, like it makes me feel a bit like close to the car. Yeah. Like I, 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 honestly, I drift I've driven off, you in my I, manual yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when we've been hanging out before. I drift off way less. Like you know how you, oh, I haven't really driven an automatic, but I imagine it's very easy to like zone out. Whereas in a oh, manual, yeah. unless you're on like the highway, like if you're having to change gear and like it's like a workout, <laughs> like coaxing this car around the fucking streets. And I, well, my, something's my gonna car, keep you awake was my first car was the car that i was brought from home from hospital in as a baby oh really so that, it was my what grand, was it what it was, was it? my a fiat tempera 1991 oh, god fiat i've never even heard of it no it's like a, it was like a car that like if they were designing like this is what the car of the future will look like in 2010 in 1991 that's <laughs> and what we're it, completely wrong yeah of course. absolutely wrong it had like an electronic everything is dash. bubbles no it had like an electronic dash with like flashing numbers it was like it was really good oh, but it, nice. had, it had a choke you know did you ever have a choke on one of your cars no like, i never had a car it, with a choke it had no. a choke so i can wow. like despite knowing nothing about cars <laughs> i can start a car with a choke and drive a stick shift like and all i did like on I told you on the way um, when I visited you in DC, we blew a tire on the highway right outside DC. Yep. So uh, my wife and I had to change a tire on the fly, like yep. having never done it before on the <laughs> on the shoulder. So that was fun. But apart from that, I know nothing about cars. Okay. <laughs> 
so I can't do oil. I can't, like, I can, like, I, if I can, I can tell which engine light is blinking at me, but I can't fix it. Like, I well, like, have no idea how I'm much around. things can cost. Yeah, exactly. I text you and be like, how much should this cost? I think I did. I was like, how much should a new tire You did. Cost? You texted me about a tire and I was like, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks maybe? Yeah. It depends. Yeah, right. I think it was like nice. How nice is the car? Does yeah. it need run flat tires? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no. Yeah. No, that was the problem. It did not have run flat tires. <laughs> Anyway, what about you? What's your uh, uh, not having I skill? Cannot read other people's handwriting. Mm. It's like I if, even if it's I, good, because I can't know, write like, for shit. You've seen my well, handwriting. I, I, can't I can't read cursive. I can. I just period cannot read cursive yeah. because I don't remember what all the cursive letters look like. Oh yeah. Period. So I, I just I stopped using cursive the moment they stopped grading me on it in grade That's school. Funny. Right. So I've never used it since then. Have you seen my terrible handwriting? It's like spider scroll. Don't try and read it because it's yeah, notes. I can't. But it's, yeah, exactly. I can't read it. I just can't. But like, you know, if somebody does, does block letters and it's like perfect every single one, sure, I can read that. But most people's handwriting is utter shit. It all is. Because That's we true, all yeah, recognize our own handwriting. Well, now but, also because none of us know how to, no, we don't really teach handwriting anymore. So now right, because no everything's typed. Yeah, exactly. But no, you and I are part of sort of like the last generation that did grow up learning all the handwriting stuff and then we just forgot it right away because who needs it we've got all this nice stuff to do yeah yeah. anyways uh you probably know but some of the folks out there they may not know what exactly it is we do here on this program and then i will say this is the show where we go deep, 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 plumb the depths of writing thought by reviewing a trap and work is going to nonfiction in between. We take a look at leather examples of right doing this, but we're going to hate again. Ah, I almost had it there. I almost had it there and, and you know then tripped sounded, on my tongue. That sounded like a health warning. <laughs> there should be a health warning that goes along with this show. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Make us <laughs> Do you have a hot take for us this week? Uh, yeah, I do. And I, I, I tweeted this, actually. I, one of my rare tweets. Ooh, but yes, think, I know, because I, they get notifications <laughs> every time you do. Yeah, you're going to have to turn those off if I start tweeting more. Um, <laughs> no, I just think it's really funny that, and I was, I, I literally predicted this happening on Twitter, that the, it being nuclear shit that they found at the, <laughs> at the house. They go, what are they going to do? Show us all the nuclear stuff? So it's going to cause conspiracies. People are going to be like, mm-hmm. they didn't find anything. They're just saying it's nuclear codes because then they don't have to prove it. And like and then someone tweeted back at I forget the name of who it was, but thank you for tweeting back at me the timeline alignment of Buck Sexton being like, they can't prove it was nuclear codes <laughs> right above my tweet of this is gonna cause some dumb conspiracies. So yep. that's that's my uh, that's my hot take. And mine sort of ties into yours, yeah. uh, which is why does big shit always happen literally while we are recording? Yeah, it's all it because was, that it? It raid happened that they, as we were recording earlier. Well it wasn't this the week. raid, it was the um they announced that he like said the trump said the raid had happened because it was a right. morning raid like and then he right, did a right. press release um yeah. the merrick, Gar- merrick garland like dropping his mic was pretty funny I like dropping that. his gigantic eight foot long dick on the table <laughs> and being like i'll call you on it i'll call you on it that was <laughs> okay, pretty great we'll release it it's pretty great it was pretty well, fantastic did uh, they actually end up releasing it or did it end up getting leaked no, it was released. Okay. I, so I think here's my because uh, Breitbart had a copy WSJ much earlier in the day. Too. Yeah, the and I too. think that pr- most likely that's a copy that was leaked from the Trump side. Yeah, um, and still, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> so, someone at Breitbart was like, "Wall Street Journal, they're conservative, right? Let's give it to them too." Uh, something like that might have happened. Who knows? But they did definitely release it uh, this afternoon, and, yeah. and I, I sent you it earlier today. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, bunch of stuff labeled boxes of top secret documents. That is not good. No, not good at all. 
Uh, but anyways, you know, like I said, stuff always happens when we're recording. The uh, uh, um, Not the decision on abortion rights, but the leak of the yeah. draft decision happened while we Fair were recording. Uh, and I think on the air, you said something to be like, have you seen on your phone? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Bad times. Bad yeah, times. real bad times. Anyways, a little bit of housekeeping this week. Remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. Follow us on all the social medias. And, of course, by that, I mean just Twitter. Nothing else. Um, isn't there usually a third thing I say after that? And have I screwed up my notes to the point? Well, oh, yes, Benedict. Wow, it is a rough day. It is a very rough... We are recording ahead of time, I should note, so shit is a bit out of order. This is all rush delivery type stuff. So, Benedict, I, now I realize why you are looking around the room. Yeah. <laughs> looking for something for your bookshelf because you were unprepared. No, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have reminded you if I didn't know. Well, what's on your bookshelf this week? Well, well on my bookshelf this week is a, a throwback to a book that you bought me, actually. Oh, really? It's, uh, yeah, it's called Strangers in Their Own Land. Ah, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce her last name, and I have been in a room Hoth's with her. Child, so. I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it, about the South, anyway, I've been flicking through that, uh, and, and, you know, civil rights, etc. cetera, uh, mm-hmm. people feeling white southerners feeling like their rights were being taken away etc et who would have thought that white southerners had feelings uh, yeah. about black people in the south getting rights <laughs> yeah that, and how really it felt like their rights were being taken away huh funny how that works. it is it is one of those things it was early enough i think that that book came out before or like right at the beginning of the trump uh presidency that it wasn't so we weren't so burned out yeah. on Here's a coffee shop in Alabama and yeah, people yeah. talking about their feelings. And also it's a, it's an academic book. She is a professor of sociology. So yeah, yeah. it is uh, very much, it was a research project of hers where she sent, spent years embedded with people uh, in the South uh, learning uh, all their thoughts and whatnot. Very good book. Very glad you finally decided to read No, I've, it. I read it when you got it to me. I just have been thrumming through okay. it again recently. Um, it's it's like the good version. Well, it's an academic and good version of J.D. Vance. The, what everyone said J.D. Vance's <laughs> book was at the time before J.D. Vance. Imagine it having recommended that fucking book to people and then now J.D. Vance is who he is. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess he was always that person, but like... Yeah, I don't remember. Was it a documentary or a movie? They it was made a movie. Amy that? Adams yeah, was in it. Hey, Jesus Christ. Wow. What was that book wow. called? It turns out when you have Peter Thiel money backing you, you can get basically anything you want. Hillbilly Elegy. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that was a bad one. Oh, God. Do you remember all the fucking, oh, this is the way to understand the Trump. Fuck off. I remember all that, and it still hurts to this very day. Yeah, he went to fucking Yale Law. This is not like how to understand the Trump. I think I also remember the cover of that book. We We are... way off topic because we have we have not very many pages to go over this week i'll just tell you that up front but uh, i wasn't the cover of that book like some dude with a gigantic beard who looks nothing like jd vance but i think they wanted to create the implication in people's mind not the one that i not the one that i read the one that i read is like a it's like a ramshackle shack okay i remember there being like one version that had like a a dude with a gigantic beard on the cover or something Um, maybe i seem to remember (laughs) that. like you may have manifested that i don't know you know what maybe i did but either way i'm gonna say it's out there and until you prove me wrong there's nothing you you know that's true um what's on your bookshelf do you have one Uh, are you prepared on on my bookshelf this week benedict i am going back to the video game queue okay um i have been playing my way through all of the final fantasy games um just one of those 25 of them 
There are so many Final Fantasy games. I am only on number three right Jeez. now. I am when on did number, number three. three come out? And the early one, well, it was like early 90s, I want to say. The early games are very basic, you know, uh, turn-based RPG mm-hmm. uh, type stuff. Number number one and two, very basic. Very little story. By number three, you get to the point where they, they're they starting to figure out what Final Fantasy can be. And I'm excited because I everywhere I read, I've never played all of them. I played a bunch of the Final Fantasy games, but um, number four is supposed to be pretty great. And then after that, there's just like a, a run of, you know, some that are always on those greatest games ever made lists. So I'm trying to play through them all over right now. So just the Final Fantasy series, I guess, nice. uh, is is on my list this week. So anyways, back to housekeeping. I said it all already before. Updates. Just one update this week, and that is, of course, that we are recording ahead of time. So not when much. every not, not much for this episode. For yeah. the next episode, we're recording a good ways ahead of time yeah. because you're going to be on vacation. So uh, if anything we say is, you know missing the day-to-day changes of right-wing propaganda that are going on in the world around us. That's why. Yep. And with that said, we have one addition to our New World Spooky World Order. This, or I should say two additions. So, uh, I... Basically, when I get people shout-outs for the Spooky World New World Order, uh, it's either because they reached out on Patreon or email or most likely on Twitter. And on Twitter, they'll tag us or they'll send me something, let me know. Um, and I feel like giving out a name, when that's the case, that's fine. But sometimes people uh, post about the show in other places, like on Reddit. And my feeling about Reddit is that people like privacy and anonymity more on Reddit. True than on other platforms. So I don't want to give out these people's, uh, because they didn't, like, tag me or anything. I was just going through the Knowledge Fight Reddit page in the aftermath of the Alex Jones uh, verdict and everything, and saw that some people had graciously recommended our show. Oh, uh, nice. And I was very happy about that. And uh, But I don't want to give out their Reddit names, because I know people like their anonymity. So, two honest Reddit users, you are now part of our... Blue World Spooky World Order, yeah. And of course, if you'd like me to say your name, just reach out to me and I'll, I'll do it in two weeks when we're back recording again. But Benedict, with all that out of the way, we have a Mark Levin clip to do. Oh, so God. why don't we start off with our Mark Levin clip of the week. This one is pretty short and sweet. This is, of course, about what is the only topic in the news right now, which is, of course, the Mar-a-Lago raid. So why don't we hear what he had to say? Sure. 30 FBI agents. Let me tell you why they won't release the warrant right now, which is under seal, rather than Geraldo's putting the emphasis on the victim. Three days ago, they won't release the warrant. They won't do it. They did it. They did it, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Delightful. So delightful. The reason is it's a crap warrant. They probably are talking about the Presidential uh, Papers Act but what they're trying to do is grab... Mm, in fact, the Espionage Act, Mark. The esp- you, you do not get any points for this round, Mark. No. Have everything they can at a Mar-a-Lago because they're looking for more. We have what's called the Plain View Doctrine. You're searching documents. You got a warrant from this hack judge, this hack judge. Of- I love the way he says hack. 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 He's a it hack very much judge. Sounds like, hack judge. Sounds like a Gilbert Godfrey thing. Oh, almost. it does, doesn't it? Yep. Rest in peace, Gilbert. By the way, Mark, don't call him a hack. There must have been some... Oh, so trash the, the constitutionalists on the Supreme Court. Call them whatever you... But now we have found Solomon, a magistrate judge that issues this order. What a bunch of baloney. But let me go on. 
So what we have what? here is a warrant. He's got such good energy this week. He has. Yeah, God, Mark he, got his pick-me-up. We haven't heard a clip of him yeah, this he energetic so, in a he while. He sounds so resigned. It's giving me energy, Mark. Come on. <laughs> That's fucking good. I don't know why we have a warrant, but I actually do. This is a backdoor way to grab one. He doesn't know why, but he actually does. Not even. Doesn't know why he has a warrant. Did, was there ever even any punctuation in that sentence? <laughs> he never Jesus. has punctuation. We have read him. <laughs> All these documents, these 15 documents, Fox had reported earlier that on the government side, they said this was not a, that not judicious about what they searched. Not judicious about what they searched, then how particular could this warrant have been? Well, maybe it was particular. They took those boxes. They're hoping they can find taxes. They're hoping they can find something on January 6th. They're hoping they can find anything. Paul Manafort was correct. They went through the back door. They had 30 FBI agents there to grab documents. They get only one shot at this, to grab all they can going through. No, they you could know, probably you, get another shot if you, they want. Yeah, that's true. Also, you know what I would say to Mark? Well, if he's done nothing illegal, he's got nothing to worry about. Sure, sure. Also, I, I love the backdoor comment I know. because I guarantee you. I guarantee you they went in through multiple doors. For, for, I guarantee sure. you. And also Trump's lawyer was there. Yeah. Um, my favorite take that has come from this, which is hotter than any take we have collectively ever had, maybe even uh -huh. hotter than all of our takes combined ever. Ooh, spicy. Um, is, is, well, if a president declassifies something in his head <laughs> but doesn't tell anyone... Then that counts. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I have loved that pivot this afternoon after the uh, the list of things that were taken came out and it was all top secret, secret, a bunch of boxes full of stuff on there. Well, he could have just declassified. It's all declassified if he took it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not how any of this works. Very much not how it works. Through Melania's closet. Going through the safe. God knows what they did with the computers and so I, forth I really and so thought on. he was going to be like, taking out Melania's underwear and sniffing it. Like... <laughs> I guarantee you, I guarantee you 100%. There has never been a more controlled and more uh, uh, overlooked FBI warrant search than this one. For there sure. has never been a longer series of meetings before they went out to do something than they did for this one. I guarantee that much. This is a witch hunt. This is a Stalinist hunt. They're going after a Wait, former the, president the of the United States. So let me make a surmise here. It's the same U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C., whose jurisdiction includes the National Archives, who has jurisdiction over January 6th. He's got nothing, nothing, or this committee would have leaked it. So he's looking. He's looking. He's looking for a crime in search of evidence rather than the other way around. Anything they can find on Trump, anything they can hang on him, this isn't about some damn document. That's what they're doing. And let me tell you Sorry, something. Pause this it a is second. scarier. Did you pause that? You like it how worked up he's gotten? Yeah, I, I do. But like, aren't we all, like, isn't it always a crime in search of evidence? Isn't that how it works? I mean, look, I have Crimes to give committed. the disclosure. Crimes. I have to give the disclosure up front of fuck the police. And that includes the FBI. Yeah. But of course, like, you know, uh, I, we texted about this earlier today, right? And the, the, the standard for a search warrant is uh, probable cause, and they had something to... And obviously, the documents were there. 
They caught them. Yeah, but so also now it doesn't had to matter pivot which come comes with- first, the crime or the evidence. Like either there's a crime and you're like, hey, we should find evidence right. of who committed this right. crime. Or a bunch of evidence falls in your lap and you're like, oh, there's been a crime committed here. <laughs> like it doesn't matter which way around it is. It matters procedurally in terms of what yeah. steps you take. But they the two are inextricably linked. To get a search warrant to find more evidence of the crime that has likely been committed. It's so funny. Yes. <laughs> Then if it was based on the uh, on the Documents Act, they are in search to try and destroy Trump. They had conducted a criminal investigation. They failed. They have an investigation in New York with the attorney general that's going to fail. They have a Democrat. Oh, Christ. You're cutting me off early. I'm, I'm done. I'm not trying. Uh, no, no, no. Finish that. So... <laughs> Did Sean play the Oscars music over him? Is that what happened? No, but apparently this happened at the end of Mark's show at some point, and he thinks it's happening early, and that is Sean Hannity cutting in. You know how like they always do that overlapping thing at the end of cable news yeah, shows where the two like, hosts are on off, screen like together? A fucking rally, a relay yeah, race. Yeah, yeah, and Mark is pissed. He is fucking pissed that they would cut off his rant. The look on his face is pure murder. He was—he is so goddamn angry at Sean Hannity, and that's gonna make it better uh, for next week's episode that we're recording right after this one. When I play you, Mark appearing on Sean Hannity's show just Great. minutes after this interaction. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that's how that ended for Mark. He was not having the finest of days on—I uh, believe this was the ninth, the ninth. Um, so that's how his day went. Let's see if ours can go a little bit better. Hopefully. Uh, so with all that out of the way, Benedict, we continue our book review of American Marxism by Mark Levin, Indeed. the Diet Dr. Pepper of human beings. No, that's too good for him. I'm sorry. I apologize <laughs> to everyone who enjoys Diet Dr. Pepper. To curing Pepper. Dr. Pepper as an organization. Just... The, <laughs> the diet, uh, what's a bad, what's the, the worst Mountain one from Dew. my childhood? At one point, uh, my parents would, or my dad, he would mix it with all of his cocktails. He would drink diet caffeine-free squirt. Oof. Yeah, that was a bad one. That, that sounds a like one. a Basically really bad water. porn video. But Benedict, what did we read this week? Well, Kevin, this week we read the final chapter of America. Part. Part. First oh, yeah. half. The first half of chapter seven, which is the final chapter, which is called We Choose Liberty, in which yes. uh, Mark is like, Exclamation yeah, point. fascism, maybe, not so bad. Maybe. Uh. You know, and we talked about this before we started recording, but we always go back to Dinesh D'Souza, our the, first the gold, love, right? Truly the gold standard. Gold standard, who wrote an entire book, which the premise was the left are fascists. Yep. Fascism is a leftist fascism idea. Is deeply rooted in, in leftism. They are yeah. destroying America with their fascism. And in his chapter on the solution to fascism, he decided that we need to do fascism. Yep. <laughs> so. Fairly, I, and, and Mark doesn't do that. We say, as, as no, we, as no. Earlier, he says, basically what he does is go, everyone else is a Marxist. You know how we beat Marxism. Look at Germany. The fascists. <laughs> He doesn't say look at Germany, but it's so, certainly the implication. Yes, his solution is still fascism, yeah, but, but he didn't spend a whole Marxist. book winding yeah, up yeah. saying fascism was bad, yeah, right? Yeah. So we got that. But anyways, Benedict, do you have an alternate chapter title? Well, the t- title might be too much. I, I think I, I have an alternate chapter meme, potentially. Okay, which is, all right. Imagine, if you will, the meme of Adam Sandler from Uncut Gems saying, this is how I win. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Uh, you know, I have not seen that oh, film, okay. so uh, I only, I've only seen the meme. Okay, so I had no context to place it in. There's no context that helps. It's okay. just that meme. <laughs> okay, good stuff. What about you? I, on the other hand, went a little crazy with my uh, alternate chapter tiles this week. I have four. Uh, community organizing for fascists. Uh, fascism, in Mark's own words, because it's the only chapter where he has done a substantial portion of the writing, more so than the block quotes. That's true, there's very uh, few block quotes in this. Three, why are we never successful at boycotting? Well, they, they are. Number four, that one wasn't great, but it was, it was just popped into my mind as a ring. Number four, this is the winner, rules for regressives. <laughs> Little Saul Alinsky callback. That's the winner. Like and we do get a Saul Alinsky mention in this chapter. Yeah, so. it's so funny how much they love Saul Alinsky's tactics. Well, they love to hate him. No, but they're like, but they, we should copy what he said, though. It's smart. Well, they think that people are doing Saul Alinsky. Yeah. They think that the left has read and is following Saul Alinsky because they just need a boogeyman to yell about, right? I mean, I've uh, read Saul Alinsky. I'm not, say, I'm not sure I, I'm a fan. <laughs> But this chapter begins, quote, I am often asked on radio, what are we going to do about recovering our country? Uh, just an appallingly punctuated and grammatical sentence. Mm-hmm. No, there's yep. no... Well, we is in scare quotes. Yeah, there. and there's no question mark. <laughs> well, he says he is often asked. I don't know if you would put a question yeah, mark. Yeah, what are we going to do about... You'd put the whole thing in quotes. This, or maybe, you'd say, I don't know. I'm often asked know. on radio what we are going to do about... Not the order of the verb and the... The pronoun are wrong. Uh, but Benedict, there are three M dashes in the rest of mm. this, so let me get to that. Too often, what is meant is M dash. What is someone else going to do to save America? That is an improper use of an M dash. That is an opening M dash with no closing M dash. <laughs> that is dumb. I, you just don't need an M dash. No, you don't. Comma. <laughs> Comma would have worked. When did we get into a grammatical criticism? Also, uh, I, again, needs a question mark at the end of the sentence. Yes. Too often, what is meant is, what is someone else going to do to save America? That mindset is simply unacceptable. If we are to rally to the defense of our own liberty and unalienable rights, then each of us, in our own roles and ways, must become personally and directly involved as citizen activists in our own fate and the fate of our country. The time has come to reclaim what is ours, M-Dash, the American Republic, M-Dash, from those who seek to destroy... That's okay. I don't mind the M-Dash there. I just would prefer it if no one ever used M-dashes ever. If we expect others to rescue our nation from us as we go about our daily lives as mere observers to what is transpiring or close our eyes and ears to current events, we will lose this struggle. And yes, it is a struggle. And Benedict, who boy does the next paragraph go hard, doesn't it? <laughs> really, like, bars. <laughs> really. So I'm just going to read the whole next sure, paragraph again good. because... Because we've I only just got 15 did, pages on this one. I so. did a big bracket around it and went, oh shit, this is Nazi rhetoric. Yep. It begins. We have allowed the American Marxists to define who we are as a people. They defame us, slander our ancestors and history, and trash our founding documents and principles. They are mostly reprobates who hate the country in which they live and have contributed nothing to its betterment. And already I've got two Protocols of the Elders of Zion mm-hmm. checked off on my list. You have a full bingo card too. (laughs) Indeed, they live off the sweat and toil of others while they pursue a destructive and diabolical course for our nation, undermining and sabotaging virtually every institution in our society. Again, another two. Well, I don't think those two are in the protocols, but those are two anti-Semitic tropes right there. 
Their ideology and worldview are based on the arguments and beliefs of a man, Karl Marx, whose writings are responsible for the enslavement, impoverishment, torture, and death of untold millions. This is a hard fact, despite the predictable protestations from some in our society who embrace and advance Marxism core ideas but attempt to disassociate themselves from responsibility for its inevitable outcomes. These are the useful idiots who occupy influential or leadership positions in the Democratic Party, media, academia, the culture, etc. So we close out with two other protocols getting checked off the list right there. Mm -hmm. With the uh, uh, useful idiots and also with the influential positions in the media, academia, blah, 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 all that stuff. So, who boy, rough start. Yeah, it doesn't get better really either. No, it's a really rough start to this chapter. So next he goes on to say that we have to look to the founders, lists a bunch of them, who really cares. Says we need to continue to celebrate them. And then he says something incredibly stupid, Mm -hmm. which is indeed future generations of patriots at tremendous sacrifice fought the Civil War to end slavery. Oh, oh, no. And I underlined this next part. Something no other country had ever done. Something no other country had ever had to do, because everyone was Yeah, went, Benedict. Yeah, yeah we should yeah. probably end. Because yeah. the UK ended slavery many years before mm-hmm. by peaceful means without needing a war over it. Yeah. And oh, costing... Cost you, did, you did still have some slavery, co- well, but you, know, yeah, you, ended, you ended most yeah, of it. Yeah. Not yeah. great. Not great historically. We kept slavery for But a you long never time. had to fight a war over no, it. Better, and, and, sorry, give me give me just your thousands, thoughts. Hundreds of thousands of lives. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. we, okay, let's talk about how many casualties why were there hundreds of thousands of lives laid down? Was it all of the, the anti slavery people shooting each other in a field? No. Yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> Fifty one thousand people died or were casualties at Gettysburg. Do you know how many of those people were Union versus Confederate? 28,000 mm-hmm. were Confederate soldiers' casualties. Only 23,000 oh, were Union casualties. You know casualties. what he would probably point out to you is that uh, there were 360,000 Union deaths and only 258,000 Confederate deaths. So more people died trying to end slavery, although we could obviously talk about the fact that many of the people who were involved were more about saving the Union mm-hmm. than about ending slavery, versus 258,000 who definitely died trying to defend slavery. Yeah, yeah, that's a bad argument. A terrible argument. I, I, I was breathtaking I, when I read well, that. I was like, well, really? Bush, Bush I, said the same thing, I think, when he came to I've power. heard it from idiots on Twitter. I, well, yeah. But, but the difference is, and something that I always go back to, the difference between like listening to him on his radio show. He's vamping on the radio, mm. right? It's top of his head. He's pulling shit out of a hat. He had time to write this down. Send it to an editor. No, I take back he the editor He had time part. to send it to an editor. I'm not sure that he, he had did. time to send it to an editor. I certainly believe he, believe he probably had at least one other person read it before publishing. Whether we can call that person an editor or not mm-hmm. is up in the air. But it never occurred to him, despite the process of writing and review, that if people died to end slavery, ipso facto, mm-hmm. people died to keep slavery. Yeah. And those are the people whose monuments you want to keep up. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah, that's the thing. You, uh, like, you Th- would... There's nobody fighting to pull down monuments to Union no. soldiers. No, 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 exactly. <laughs> and then uh, like, he goes on to just list all the wars America has ever yeah! fought. Yeah! And it like, doesn't seem yep. entirely clear why some of them were fought. He's like, ah, oh, then we fought in World War One, And kind of equivocates. He's like, uh-huh. why did we fight in World War One? I'm not really sure. Um... 
And then he talks about World War II. Doesn't really even mention the Nazis. Like... I mean, there's a name drop. American soldiers fought the German Nazis, yeah. Japan, and Italy. Doesn't say anything about fighting the fascists, though. Um, no, Italian no. fascists, and then but just like lists battles. Like, why why are we listing battles here? Very I strange. Because his whole thing is the etc. Mark Levin is a human etc. Yeah, and, but, but That's like, what and then he, he gets is. into Korea and Vietnam. It's like, do you think Vietnam went well? Do you look yeah, back? Yeah, that on one that? was nuts to and me. And then it's like, yeah, that was worth. 30,000 or, or have, yeah, 34,000. Well, okay, but Benedict, at the end, he says, ending that paragraph, and there have been many battles since, including but not limited to Iraq and Afghanistan and the war on terrorism. Yeah. And then he launches into this paragraph, which is, quote, Contrary to the American Marxist slurs that America is an imperial and colonizing force, our soldiers are noble warriors who have fought and died and still do to protect and liberate the oppressed from one end of the world to the other, and regardless of the religion, skin color, ethnicity, or race of the victimized, and unlike some of our enemies, we do not seek to conquer other countries for the purpose of occupation and territorial expansion. Tell that to the Philippines. and fucking Guam. Yeah, tell it to the Philippines. <laughs> tell it to Vietnam, uh, who lived under the Catholic dictators we installed. Uh, tell it to, you know, the guy, this man has made a career of supporting Donald Trump mm-hmm. who said he wished we had taken the oil. Yeah. Most of That most we aren't into Latin imperialism. America living under proxy dictators. Jesus Jesus, Christ. that is just wild. It is just wild. And I get how I've gone a lot of this... I've yelling. Fuck. <laughs> A lot of this is just throwback to your rah-rah patriotism stuff that Mark's audience, and because I, I think I've said this a number of times, or to the extent to something like it, that Mark is behind the ball, right? Mm. He's not on the newest, hottest, and freshest stuff. He's still living a little bit in the past. And I think he's still stuck a little bit in those years of the rah-rah Afghanistan and Iraq war stuff. I think he's still a little bit there on that. And that might be where this is coming from, but he's tying it into the support for the troops stuff. And he can't find a way to say, we support the troops even if we don't support the wars, without somehow trying to support the wars. That's that's what I seem to be hap- see happening here. I don't know. That's my take on it. Yeah, no, but that's fair. He next tells us that uh, even though, you know, we've, we've had all these soldiers who have died, um, American Marxism is succeeding. You know, through uh, the bureaucracy, the Democratic Party. And I was actually surprised that he spelled out Democratic rather than using the usual mm-hmm. Democrat Party that they like to they use, to uh, because, which was a deliberate tactic of the Karl Rove years, um, in imposing critical race theory and critical gender theory on our armed forces. Isn't that nice? Yep. Critical race theory and critical gender theory, which I don't think he's ever talked about critical gender theory in this book, unless I'm forgetting it. I remember the chapter on critical race theory. He also talked about a bunch of, you know, stuff that people don't actually, you know, care about mm-hmm. much. I don't remember him bringing up critical gender theory in that at all. Do you? Mm. Yeah, very briefly he did. He did. Okay, well, that's just my memory then. Uh, But he says about that, quote, Soldiers are now forced to participate in training that reinforces these ideologies. They have even reached into West Point, where cadets are brainwashed about white rage, which is in scare quotes. And if you go and look at the uh, citation, it's just to an angry congressman who made a speech. 
And the Pentagon has also declared climate change a national security priority, meaning it is as grave a threat to our survival as such enemies as communist China, North Korea, Iran, and Russia. It, it's actually a greater threat because none of those are actually a substantial mm-hmm. threat to the security or safety of the United States uh, beca- because they're not. No. Because communist China uh, wants our money, so they're not going to kill us or destroy I us. I mean, uh, you never know. <laughs> You never know. Uh, Russia, you know, we've seen how effective they have been at invading a small neighboring country yeah. that finally has... I don't has. think Russia's coming across an ocean. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's much there. Uh, and then we get into some police worship. And again, fuck the police. Mm. Uh, and, you know, they're they're highly trained professionals. Puts them some stuff here about 9-11. Yeah, that was does a, Yeah, I think that's because he's trying to do police worship, and he remembers that there were police at 9-11. Mm. And you know what? For those cops on 9-11 who helped save people, yeah, for them. if they also never brutalized any people of color or committed any bad civil rights violations, I will praise those ones. Yep. I'll praise those ones. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, not so hot on the rest of them. But despite how great our cops are and the fact that 9-11 happened, again, of course, American Marxism uh, and Marxist anarchist groups, which he doesn't realize is not a thing, uh, like Antifa and Black Lives Matter are under are attacking our, our beautiful, lovely yeah, police officers. He also of talks about the amount of uh, police officers killed in the line of duty. Does not mention the fact that most of those are in traffic accidents. Like the vast yeah. majority of, of like recent yeah. deaths. Are, I mean, people do die in violence. That is true. But like really Obviously. the vast majority die in traffic accidents, like car crashes or bike crashes. Yep. That is the vast majority of police deaths. And it's one of those things like right when the the they were doing that during the George Floyd stuff and they were trying to quit. And it's like, oh, dude, you're citing a list. All those officers died of COVID. Oh, yeah. Right. I remember stuff like that always happening. Yeah. In 2020, there were 300 police deaths, uh, police deaths in the line of duty and 182 were from COVID. Uh, But then he says something to me that just smacked of conspiracy thinking. Uh, I read this and I went, oh shit, that's just crafting conspiracy theory, where he says, quote, of course, the relentless degrading and weakening of police forces, unremitting media disinformation about law enforcement, the ideological and political exploitation of certain videotaped encounters, certain videotaped encounters, that (laughs) That my sex tape. (laughs) (laughs) And the slashing of police budgets by major city democratic politicians, destabilize communities and the public's faith in policing, thereby undermining the rule of law and ultimately the civil society. No, it's police going on strike because they don't get their way, largely. And then he says, if your goal is to fundamentally transform America, in scare quotes, that is, abolish our history, traditions, and ultimately our republic, then you must subvert support for the police. After all, Without law enforcement, the civil society will collapses. That is just a conspiracy mm-hmm. theory. He is just crafting a conspiracy theory that there is an intent on behalf of people who are, I don't know, implementing the most vanilla of police reforms that could possibly be done, because that's all we've gotten anywhere in this country, to destroy society on purpose. That's a straight-up conspiracy yep. theory. That's all that is. Yep. It's just total horseshit. He also lies about uh, the then, fact that people moved out of cities because the because of the lawlessness and yes. ra- rather than yeah. So there's COVID two things here. Was a thing. These were like the only things I got to dig into and do my little bit of research for this episode. So first, okay. he says preliminary FBI data for 2020 points to a 25 percent surge in murders. Uh, so that's one, and that is true. Yeah, from a, decade, a decades-long low, like. For 2020, 
And then it fell back down it. lower in 2021. Yeah, and is on its way back down. Into Obviously, Benedict, was there something going on in 2020 that might have heightened tensions around the country and around the world and might have made to, led to some more violent crime going on? Is there something you can think of? No, nothing. Perhaps? Nothing. No, I can't think no. of anything either. Second... Uh, He says, quote, police officers are leaving and retiring in droves and major cities are depopulating as people who are now leaving in unprecedented numbers due in significant part to the increase in crime. I went and looked at two cities, our two largest cities, as a matter of fact, Los Angeles and New York Mm -hmm. City. And uh, New York's population has increased. I know that. Well, it has increased. It did decline for the year of yeah. 2019 oh, really? and 2020. Okay. The years of 2019 and 2020. 2020, everyone just left to move to the fucking countryside because they were like, oh, we're going to remote yes. work forever. Because they yeah, can. Exactly. In 2019, the population decreased by 0.07%, or roughly, uh, let me do that math real quick in my head, 13,000. Not very many then. Of the 18 million population of New York City, mm-hmm. 18.8 million population, it decreased by about 13,000 people. Uh, in the next year, it decreased about a thousand people total. And then you had a 0.1% increase in 2021, increasing up to just about where actually above where it was the year before to 18,823,000. And then in 2022, increasing by 0.23% to 18,867,000 people. Mm. That is New York City. You see the same trend in LA. Same thing happened. You get a dip in 2019 for whatever reason, and then in 2020, obviously you have COVID. People can go live with other other places cheaply and can uh, you know don't have to be in the place where they're working. And then people start to come back in 2021 and 2022 when things start to calm down with COVID, and they realize they want to live somewhere nice. Mm-hmm. So that generally seems to be the trend. But either way, uh, rising crime is not the overwhelming cause of those. Tiny changes in population numbers for large cities. I would argue, I think, pretty convincingly uh, that COVID was a much more important driver in those things uh, than crime rates were. But then now we get back to schools because it's always about the kids. It's always about the children. And uh, he tells us, quote, without your knowledge, let alone consent, Districts around, and I should note he is block quoting for someone mm-hmm. here, so this, we get away from him actually writing his own words. Uh, districts around the country have integrated CRT into school curricula. Both of the nation's largest teacher unions support the Black Lives Matter organization, with the National Education Association specifically calling for the use of Black Lives Matter curricular material in K through 12 schools. This curriculum is committed, in scare quotes, to ideas such as queer affirming network or a queer-affirming network, which is in scare quotes, which have nothing to do with a rigorous and structural content and promotes racially charged essays such as open secrets in first-grade math, teaching about white supremacy on American currency. Well, I mean, you don't need an essay for that. You can just look at the fact that we've only ever had white people on our currency. (laughs) And I think you can probably figure that out from right there. Yeah, also, Andrew Jackson is still on the fucking bill. Yeah, yeah, you still got that guy on there. Probably a problem. Why the fuck is he on the 20? I don't know. They were supposed to replace him with um, Harriet Tubman, right? I know. I I lost track of what was happening with that because it was stopped under Trump. And then they went back to do it again. I don't know where we're at on that these days. Hopefully it happens. It would be nice. Uh, But then, you know, surveys where most teachers and principals support Black Lives Matter. Great. That's that's horrible. It's so evil. And then he's worrying that is also spread to private schools. Mm. 
and private religious schools. They're infected by the CRT. Yeah, because they've chosen to be. Because it's not a, they're not <laughs> right. terrible people. Like Because no one is as evil as the right wants them to no. be. They're just not. Uh, and then we get, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's the real cause of this, I think, what he's putting forward here, is that this is where the teachers are being taught. That you can't make it to get a degree in higher education without getting in, you know, just, just surrounded by the CRTs. They're everywhere. There's CRTs all over the place. And the transes. You just can't avoid yep. them. And he's quoting this guy, Jay Shallon, of the James Center for Academic Renewal. Lo- I always love it when we see a nice, uh, you know, totally bland name like that, and I can just assume mm. it's an evil-as-fuck organization. I didn't bother yep. to look this one up, but the quote is, The long march through the educational schools has been successful. The most influential thinkers in our education schools are political, radical Marxists. And Marxist there is a bracketed addition by Mark. That is not from the original text. Intent on transforming the nation to a collectivist utopian vision. Dot, dot, dot. The radical ideas are hard to escape in education schools. The higher one goes up the educational hierarchy, the more likely he or she is to have had a lengthy exposure to extremist ideas. And the end of that is, and less likely to reject them, but I like the idea of just, they've been exposed to ideas. Yeah. And now, brainwashing. <laughs> this, is, this is this is nuts, man. Wild. There's so much getting thrown in here that we haven't gotten. I mean, we got obviously there was a lot of talking about education and stuff, but just the way he has thrown it in in this final chapter, and the fact that he's finally doing it in his own words for once, mm-hmm. rather than re- relying so extensively on block quotes. Like I just read that one, but a lo- most of this is his own words rather than that sort of stuff. It's just sort of crazy because we haven't gotten that throughout this book, and it threw me off a little bit. Yep. It really did, just throw me off a little bit. Yep. But next corporations yeah all fuck, fuck now. those woke corporations man like all those corporations are marxist now uh and he does uh, uh what is this a quote from the harvard business review yeah it's uh, it's boring it, like honestly this is all this, this there was one line in it that stood out and it stood out because after mark block quotes it he does not address it at all and moves on to an entirely co- different topic kevin that is his modus operandi i know but it says quote The company must decide that it is okay with losing business from certain groups, say, white supremacists or police departments, since taking money from those groups would run counter to its corporate social justice strategy. Does not address why companies should, apparently in Mark's eyes, work to keep those white supremacist clients in business? Mm -hmm. Not sure why, but the implication is pretty clearly there. And then, big tech Marxism, of course. Um... Mark Zuckerberg, of course, he's going to bring him up, and the fact that Zuckerberg donated money to increase Democratic Party turnout. Yeah, but he says increase increase turnout in Democratic Party strongholds. What? Why? I think this goes back to something they all screamed about with the Stop the Steal stuff, which was Zuckerberg donated money, I believe, in Wisconsin that went towards, like, that get out. We talked about it once. I don't remember the context. I think it was um, some election denial topic we were talking about, but... um, might have been a Marjorie Taylor Greene video. Uh, okay. It just popped into my head that I think that might be why it came up. Uh, but there was like that get out the vote thing at the park and uh, like some Zuckerberg money went to that and it went to pay for like uh, ballot drop boxes and stuff. Mm, and okay. so they're just like, yeah, 
that's Marxism. So he's mad at getting out the vote. Is, is... Well, he's mad that no one has ever believed or been able to prove the slightest bit of any of their election conspiracy theories, even though they keep saying them, they're obviously not true. Yeah. Uh, by the way, have I mentioned on this show yet that my mother apparently owns a copy of 2,000 Mules? According uh, to a text my little brother sent me. Yeah, I think you did. You, you definitely <laughs> okay. tweeted it anyway. Yep, 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 yep. Sent me a picture of that sitting on the kitchen counter in my Hell childhood yeah. home. Hell yeah. Not great. Things are not great. Uh, but yes, now, Bennett, we finally get to the solutions mm. part of this chapter. Where great. he says, quote, What can be done about these assaults on our liberty, families, and country? Of course, I do not have all the answers. He doesn't have any of the answers, as a matter of fact. <laughs> to begin with, I warned years ago in Liberty and Tyranny that we must become more engaged in public matters. This will require a new generation, dot, 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 of activists, larger in number, shrewder, and more articulate than Doesn't before. even think his own writing is good enough to quote. No, and I didn't even read the first <laughs> no. ellipsis there. I, I just didn't. It was, and that one, Ben, look, that's a four-dot ellipsis. That is, yeah. First but dot, it's because it's the end of a sentence. It's because it's the end of a sentence. I don't believe you. That's I don't why. believe you. Larger in number, shrewder, and more articulate than before who seek to blunt the statist's counter-revolution. We must seize every opportunity to take back our institutions by running for office, seeking appointed office, and populating professions, including academia, journalism, and business, with patriots who can make a difference. And, you know, that's going to be tough, given that so much of your grift these days is telling people not to go to college. Yeah, that's true. And then, I mean, just like the whole launching into it again in a second by qu like block quoting Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine, <laughs> Thomas Paine would have hated Mark Levin. I mean, I don't know that to be true. I have no idea. Like what if the founding fathers were alive today? I mean, they were definitely, for the most part, a bunch of racists. Thomas so. Paine is the best founding father. He's a pretty good one. He's a pretty good one. But I don't know if we, I don't know if we can say how someone would be in the age of automobiles and the internet who That's existed fine. back then. I, I think don't Thomas know. Paine would have hated Mark Levin. I like to think you're correct. Yeah. Uh, but he says, but right before that uh, Thomas Paine quote, given the urgency of the moment, however, even this is not nearly enough. It, this being respect the police and soldiers. That's it. Uh, Indeed, the fate of our country rests in your hands, they're italicized, and in you, italicized, becoming strong and vocal activists for our nation and our liberty. Then, yes, gigantic Thomas Paine quote, and I don't know why, other than he says that Washington read Paine's words to the troops before yeah, some battle. He's, basically, he's calling for collective action against the British, against the tyranny of the British. And then oh, Mark Levin oh, is going to use tea. this. Yeah. Mark Levin yeah. is going to use this as the fucking tiniest tangent to what he wants to do. So he's it trying really to make himself into a, into It a was penis. such a long walk for such a small point he's trying to make there. It's really, really far too much pain in this sentence, in this book. <laughs> Takes me back to our boy Art reinventing the wheel. Yep. Uh, who, by the way, is going to come up in our uh, clip show episode. <laughs> we got an Art Thompson video, baby. Right. Love my boy. Uh, but he says, quote, our challenge today is just as crucial and urgent, and in many ways more complicated. We did not ask for this confrontation, but it is here. And in truth, like the early days of the Revolutionary War, we are losing. They are. I mean, <laughs> just in terms of popularity, yes, they are losing. Unfortunately, most of the country has been caught flat-footed and remains unengaged. What must be understood is that the various Marxist-associated movements are constantly agitating, pressuring, threatening, 
overtaking, and even rioting to accomplish their ends, for which there is no effective or sustained counter-pressure or agitation. M-dash, that is pushback. That must change today. And then in italics below that, this is a call for action. And I can only read that call for action in context of what he just said as a call for more Kyle Rittenhouses. Mm. That's all I can read. He's reading. They're rioting with no pushback. They're, they're, they're threatening. They're pressuring. I mean, agitating. It, this is the day that someone rocked up at the, or the day after someone rocked up for the FBI with a nail gun and an AR-15. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We didn't even mention that on this no. show. The nail, okay. The nail gun was the weird. The nail gun is weird. This right? guy was like, this isn't a bullet. It'll go right through the bulletproof glass. Like, motherfucker, Why the what? Nail- Wait, is that, is that what he tried to do? He I tried to use so, the nail yeah. gun to get through the bulletproof glass? I think so, yeah. Oh my God, that's so dumb. Yeah. That's so dumb. As someone who has used a nail gun, Plenty of times. It's not That's more so powerful dumb. than a gun, would you say? No, it's not more powerful than a gun. It is not more powerful than a gun. But Mark says right before getting into an outline of his solutions, quote, And we must organize, rally, boycott, protest, speak, write, and more. And where appropriate, we must use the Marxist strategies and tactics against him. In other words, we must become the new community activist, which isn't scare quotes for some reason. But unlike the Marxists, Our cause is patriotism. Here are some of the important strategies we must use. And the rest of this chapter reads like the lamest, like, uh, guide to how to build a birdhouse type bullshit out there. It really is just bad. And he starts off with boycott, divestment, and sanctions. Yeah, which they hate for for what it was designed for, which is... Well, I mean, it just proves the point that they're not opposed to... Often, you know, they'll attack uh, a process rather than than substance, right? Mm -hmm. And they're never actually against the process. They're just against the substance. They're fine with them using the process they claim is corrupt or wrong or bad or whatever. It's really just about the substance for them. Mm -hmm. And if you're attacking the right people, they're all fine with BDS. They're They're all perfectly okay with that. Uh, And he begins by saying, boycotts involve withdrawing support for corporate media, big tech, other corporations, Hollywood, sporting, cultural, and academic institutions engaged in promoting American Marxism and its various movements. So Hollywood, obviously, we know they're a bunch of Marxists controlled Mm -hmm. by the Jews. Uh, Sporting, uh, you know, non-whites are the tools of the Jews. (laughs) I know it's not fair because Mark is Jewish. I know it's not fair. And we've said many times, Mark is not a Nazi. But his ideas have somehow come so deeply from entrenched anti-Semitism in the United States that I can't help but notice all the similarities all the time. It's just wild to me. Next, divestment. Campaigns, pressure banks, corporations, local and state governments, religious institutions... Which ones is he talking about? No idea. Which religious institutions would he be talking about there? I can't I can't figure out what... Because he hasn't brought up any that I can remember throughout this book that he'd be again. Maybe the woke pope? Maybe, maybe. it's a woke pope thing. Maybe that's it. Yeah, Pension maybe. funds. Pension funds, etc. To withdraw investments in and support for the various Marxist movements. So maybe he's just talking about those are you know where big money is because he knows religion has big money and they need to withdraw their money from Marxist movements. Sure. And then sanctions. Uh, campaigns pressure local and state governments to end taxpayer subsidies and other forms of support for institutions with ties to various Marxist movements and policies and ban the teaching and indoctrination of critical race theory, critical gender theory, etc. from taxpayer-financed public schools. And then we get 
a really dumb, weird thing here where uh-huh. he talks about FOIAs. Uh-huh. And really, really dumb and weird where he says, quote, Moreover, American Marxists are litigious, relentlessly filing barrages of lawsuits in forum shop jurisdictions and courtrooms, as well as filing administrative action after administrative action in federal and state bureaucracies to gather information about government actions and political opponents, as well as bog down bureaucrats with with requests. Mm -hmm. And then he literally just talks about American patriots should file FOIA requests yeah. and list to see a what website. all these marks. Yeah, it's the URL in the physical book. He puts yeah. a URL in the text. He does that a few times. It's very, it's very oh, great. And then my favorite bit of the chapter, which I texted you about, uh-huh. is, is is him being like, "We should use the IRS as a weapon." Yes. The week yes! when they've been like, "There's more IRS." Again, it's that thing of like them thinking we're going to do their worst nightmare. Like yeah. the worst thing they can think of to do with the IRS is to send it after their enemies. They think that we're going to do that by hiring more IRS agents. Yes, but Benedict, did you happen to see what the URL he drops there is? Did you did you read that or did you gloss over it because you didn't give a fuck? The latter. It is HTTPS forward slash forward At least it's slash. A, secure, a secure link. Conservapedia.com <laughs> slash conservative legal groups. Because that's yeah. who he's dropping them to go see to try and get help with their Hell FOIAs. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> that is so incredible. And then, yes, after that, he drops the link for making a complaint against the government, the USA.gov website link. And then he suggests that people go challenge the tax status of organizations they don't like with the IRS. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, turnabout is fair play. I'm going to go file a bunch against a bunch of churches that have been hosting events that Mark Levin is in favor of. They're all political as shit. I'm going to go file me a bunch today. All about it. Uh, And then, okay, this next paragraph did drive me insane because we talked about how earlier in this book, he kept saying Piven and Cloward. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are the names of two individuals who nobody gives a fuck about who wrote an article back in like the 60s. And this time, in this part of the chapter, he finally got it right and said Cloward and Piven. So he has to know. He has to know, but the book still went out with an entire chapter where he said it repeatedly, Piven and Cloward. (laughs) It just annoyed me so much. (laughs) But yeah, he's saying, yeah, we should do what they said and overwhelm the system. That's it. That's it. And then we get an Alinsky Alinsky drop. Number 13 in specific, he says he wants to use, which is pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. The problem, I think, that he doesn't realize with a lot of these strategies he's trying to lay out for people is that his ideas are overwhelmingly unpopular almost everywhere uh-huh. outside of the Deep South and the Red Strongholds. Like, that, the, sure, if you got a rural community, you might be able to do some of these next things we're going to mention here. But for the most part, you're never going to do this in fucking New York City because you're fucking outnumbered. And yeah, that's where the people are, Mark. That's where the fucking people are. You're never going to do it in any substantial area whatsoever. It's just not going to happen. But now, he gives us some specific tactics for action vis-a-vis education in this country. And he says, of course, that they should get involved in every aspect. This whole end bit was weird to me. Yeah, yes it is. I mean, the the rest of it, based until we get to the point where we're going to stop for today, are just numbered points he put out that he's telling people to go do. Which, to be fair... He is treating this like his audience are kindergartners, which, mm-hmm. you know, about the level he needs to be at for them. But number one, he says, the community committees, which is what he's he's saying should be there, all these patriots need to create some community committees 
should ensure that members attend every school board meeting to make the public's interest and that of the students are being served. And we saw how great that went during COVID, didn't we? How great it was to have a bunch of rabid maniacs attending every school board meeting. That yeah, was, it was amazing. You know what it really is? It's that they realize they can get a microphone and probably get on TV if they go to a school board meeting. I think that's what they're really about when it comes to that. Number two, the furtive nature and practices of local school systems must come to an end. And skipping it forward a little bit, he says, uh, by providing transparency, which are, I'm sorry, where there is resistance by the school boards or school administrators to providing transparency, which is likely, activists mm-hmm. should be use local and state freedom of information procedures and other legal tools to gain the information. Persistence is key. If necessary, seek the services of a local lawyer in the community who is willing to voluntarily assist in accessing the information. He's sure. literally just saying, hey, see if you can do find somebody to do this for free for you. Yep. That's one of his solutions here. This is so weird. This is so weird because it is so jarring a change from the rest of the book and what we've seen up this point. It is just so fucking different. Are yep. you scrolling Twitter while we record? No. I see you looking at your screen and not at the book. No, I am what looking at the doing? screen. What are you doing? I'm looking what at the screen. What are you screen. doing? I'm looking at the screen. I was looking something up. I was okay. trying to. I was trying to find FOIA stuff, and All then right. I was looking at the. I was looking at the website that he put in the. <laughs> oh, uh, you looking? <laughs> oh, did, was this your first introduction to conservative? Yeah, I've never seen conservative. Oh my before, God, yeah. Benedict! So many hours I have spent enjoyably searching conservative. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't oh. looked at conservapedia. Oh, oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love conservapedia. It's so wonderful. Number three, community committees should insist that contracts with the teachers' unions prevent teachers from using classrooms and abusing academic freedom to proselytize or indoctrinate students about CRT, <laughs> critical gender theory, or other movements within the Marxist orbit that have suddenly been imposed on our students. So the proselytize word stuck out to me there, obviously, because we all know how Mark's side feels about they love it. in schools. Generally, they love proselytizing, yeah. All that sort of shit. But then number four stuck out uh, because, well, we'll get to it after I read it. Four, private attorneys and legal groups are joining together in lawsuits against CRT training and teaching in public schools, arguing discrimination on the basis of race and color in addition to sex, gender, and religion in violation of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And that sentence is basically an example of how CRT is correct. Because mm-hmm. one of the core premises of CRT is that colorblindness can lead to the institution of systemic racism. That is colorblind racism, mm-hmm. okay? The Civil Rights Act of 1964 is written in a colorblind way. Mm-hmm. And that's the fucking problem. Yep. Because the problem it was meant to deal with was not anything having to do with fucking white people. Because that is not, was not then, still is not now, the problem of racism in this country. Mm-hmm. It's just fucking nuts. And then we get another uh, URL dropped, yep. which is the Legal Insurrection website, which I have been across in the past, uh, but is maybe we'll have to talk about it in the future, which he says, uh, founded and operated by Professor William Jacobson, provides some helpful resources concerning CRT, and it is just uh, criticalrace.org slash K through 12. It's James Lindsay level lazy as far as CRT stuff goes. It's really just, I mean... I guess James Lindsay is as rigorous as you can get in arguing the CRT argument because Rufo is just like you know, you know, hitting himself in the head with a hammer and saying he's a duck. Didn't uh, he like, give himself chronic diarrhea? 
Rufo was that, or was that Rufo? I think it was Rufo. Like he, I remember reading a New York Times article about like di- he had to stop being an activist for a while because he had chronic diarrhea. You know, I had not heard that story, but I am going to assume it is correct because I like it. That's what I am going to do. <laughs> I'm gonna look and because it, it has no bearing on, on anything. <laughs> uh, but I also, I don't know why I wrote this at the top of my stage, but... Um, Crush fee- free speech beneath the community committee jackboot. So that's that's what I'm getting out of this page here. Number five. <laughs> sure. In states where there are friendly legislatures and governors, community committees should urge them to pass laws preventing the indoctrination of students and training of teachers in the ideologies of the various Marxist-related organizations, including CRT. Oh, that's where I got the community committee jackboot. That's where I got it, right there. Uh, yeah. The diarrhea was a fake story. That's a shame. God damn it. Just I know, like, uh, I'm sorry. Just like Caitlin Bennett, the uh, Kent State gun girl. Yeah, yeah. I know the story about her shitting her pants is fake, but she'll never I, not be the girl. I who don't care. Her pants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's a bad enough person that it just doesn't matter if we maintain it as a joke. It just doesn't matter. Um, number six. In most communities, a majority of property taxes go towards funding the local school system, and the majority of those funds are used to compensate teachers. So he suggests a taxpayer revolt. To which he says, the experience of the Tea Party movement will provide excellent Great. guidance. Yeah, what we all, <laughs> that experience that we all went through together. Thanks, man. <laughs> I mean, Mark certainly went through that experience. Uh, sure. Maybe some of his I listeners can see, did. I can see him being like, I'm fed up with this. I'm going to throw my coffee out the window. <laughs> you know, I actually don't recall any of the Tea Parter, Partiers like refusing to pay tax. I'm sure there were some out there, right? I'm sure, and they got they got fucking audited and had to pay tax. Yeah, like, they didn't fucking true. win. They I was I was win. imagining him thinking of the original Tea Party, like oh no 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 no, my friend, he's no, talking no, I, of the I'm 2010 Tea Party. Kevin, so much has happened since 2010 that that might as well be 1776 to me. Like, Feels like yesterday to me. Feels like yesterday yeah. to me. But uh, I, I just like as a general rule, if you fight the government on taxes, you will lose because you have to pay your taxes. Yeah, unless the government is on another continent. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds like a story from personal experience. No, no, just that's seventeen seven. That's the American okay, War of Independence, okay. like that. Yeah, I thought it was another story about your student loans. No, uh, I'm paying those back. Thank you for anyone that's listening. <laughs> you just thought you wouldn't have to. Yep. Number seven. Community committees should demand competition in education. Of course, it's just about either giving money to private schools, or that's what it's about. It's about giving money to private religious schools. I just noticed these are his Ten Commandments. Ooh, it's the Ten... No, the Ten... Is there a Ten Crack Commandments version that would work for Mark? The Ten... Uh, there's something there. Something with a C. The Ten Constitutional Commandments? No, it has to be like Ten... ten... It's got to be snappier than that. Yeah. We'll come up with it by okay, we'll think six it. episodes think, from yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I'll think of it soon. <laughs> but he... The weird thing about that suggestion... Is that he says why? Can the, we the just have it why, as the ten crap commandments? There we go. We got it, baby. Nailed it. Pathological humor, perfect. <laughs> but he says that the reason why school boards, teachers' unions, etc., oppose that is because they oppose competition. Mm. It's it's not about competition, Mark. It's that you want to teach them lies, and we're opposed to the teaching of lies. That is a big problem with that. That is that is why we are against things like that. Uh, number eight. Community committees should develop and train potential candidates to run for local school boards. Now yep, we they can. are doing that. They are doing that. We are doing that. Number nine. Hopefully, 
Hopefully. There's a hopefully at the beginning of his number nine. There's a hopefully there. Okay. Yeah, number nine is definitely like he's starting to run out of steam. He's like, and God he's damn, like, I'm too away oh, from I'm 10. Gotta I gotta 10. hit it. I yeah, gotta yeah. hit it. Uh, hopefully, community committees will be established and flourish throughout the country, making possible the sharing of information and tactics among them. Uh, so far, as far as I can tell, they don't need that because they have a massive billionaire-funded infrastructure to help yeah. them do all. I feel things. like a lot, a few of these are like repeating tactics from previous points. Like number ten is pretty much the same as like use yeah. lawyers to do your bidding. Work with nonprofit legal foundations, yeah. and to oppose the NEA and the AFT, the teachers unions, and blah blah blah. And also, he suggests there filing complaints against them on the IRS website. Yep. Use and again, the he lists the, weapon, the IRS way URL. <laughs> But that, oh, Mark, that the second last Mark uh, episode. Yeah, that is where we are leaving it for today. I, there's not really a good uh, last paragraph for me to read uh, as far so as this section. So just throw in his, go ahead, cut eight, go. Because after that number 10, he just immediately starts with higher education Pivots, and yeah. starts a new list of things that they can do against colleges and universities. So, but, you know, uh, I think your suggestion is well taken. And why don't we just hat tip? Rumble, cut eight, go. I feel like that's as good a way as any to end the episode. Perfect. We got one more with Mark after this. And uh, we were talking before the episode, and Benedict is iffy on doing the Tucker Carlson book as our next book. I I mean, the problem is it's not a great book. Yeah. Tucker Carlson is an incredibly relevant. None of these are great books. He is a relevant, well, I mean, for our purposes, he Mm -hmm. is a relevant and important person to cover. He is very much the most powerful fascist in the United States right now, mainly because he's still on Twitter. Uh, (laughs) Whereas the other most powerful fascist is no longer on Twitter Mm -hmm. and nobody gives a fuck about his stupid website. Um, So he's incredibly important to cover but I agree with you. I own a copy of not his most recent book. His most recent book, the problem with that is, it's just a collection of fucking magazine articles, mm. apparently, he's done throughout his career and never published and shit. There's nothing there for us. There's the ones that editors rejected at magazines. Right, right. Remember, he fucking worked at Maxim? Yeah, Did you yeah, fucking I knew. know that? I knew that. Um, and then the other one is just the Ship of Fools, where he's playing fake both sidesism. Like, there's Nancy Pelosi on the cover, and so is, I think, Newt Gingrich, and he's just... Yeah, 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 yeah. And he hadn't really become an open fascist, although he had tendencies. He was certainly a white supremacist. He hadn't had the platform, and he hadn't had the time to start leaning into and make the conversion into openly advocating for fascism yet. So I'm not sure if it's going to be right. So I will just put it out there on the floor for our listeners. If you have suggestions for the next book... Send them to us. We will listen. Benedict is also going to be looking for possibilities for our next book. Yep. Uh, but yeah, send any I, suggestions either on Twitter Because he gets a task once in a blue moon from me. That's true. Uh, <laughs> and this is his. So anyways, that is it for this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And remember, if you just can't get enough of us, and, and boy howdy, do we know that you can't, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC. For a little as $1 an episode, you can bum, bah, 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 stumbling over my own tongue here. I'm just going to mm-hmm. continue doing it. I'm not even going to re-record it. I'm just going to nope. continue doing it. Perfect. Become a patron for as little as $1 an episode. For patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of our episodes, and more. And as always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons. Polly Hauptman, Melissa C., J.D., George Salonier, Tinker's Dam, Janet Yutter, Stefan, Shannon Hellman, Utah Outcast, Brent Lee, Dave Barwick, Dodd Snow. Also, while I'm in the middle of the list, 
Good get Brent Lee on getting an ex Infowars show uh, uh, employee on Hell your yeah. YouTube show. Uh, I saw that earlier today, uh, and congrats. I'm sure it was as easy as sending them an email, and they said yes. But um, we don't really do guests on our show, although I would have loved to sat down and talk with an Infowars employee. That would have been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Barwick, Don Snow, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Mockingbird Nation, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Sorry, Bacar. No? Bacar indeed. Bacar yeah. indeed. I'm going too fast through it. Yeah. Megan Ruth, Glaurung the Deceiver. Big Easy Blasphemy, Stephen and Cindy Demick, AJ Brantley, Taro Tacannon, and Balls Waters. And thank you all, as always, for being our patron. I feel like the Bacor takes a lot of breath when you're already, like, two-thirds of the way I, out I, I of breath. I haven't worked out, so, like, it's one breath in the middle. Yeah. And if I get off my stride like I did by stopping to mention Brantley's show, I, I, I lose it. I you lose it. You lose where to breathe? Okay. But that's it! For this week's episode, thank you all once again for listening. Uh, that's it for this week's show. I, I, I'm fucked up this Goodbye. week. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, DJ Khaled. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>